Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Crystal Shannon. Yes, we do. And it was a great interview. We talk yes. about writing into the dark, which, you know, if you don't know what that means, that yeah. means like you don't write with an outline. You just kind right. of maybe have a couple of ideas and then you just yes. go ahead and start writing. Yes. We were kind of speaking each other's language, she and I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we talked about that and we covered a lot of like how. She she took a sabbatical and how mm-hmm. she revived her newsletter after that. And um, she said one of her biggest regret, regrets was culling her newsletter. So we talked mm-hmm. about culling and whether or not you... To you know, cull or not to cull. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We talked so about we, branding. And then she mm-hmm. talked about Margie Lawson, mm-hmm. uh, who is a writing te- teacher who I've... Uh, been at a conference with and she's amazing Mm -hmm. so it was a great interview I really enjoyed uh talking to her she um she's involved with Becca Symes Mm -hmm. right I always always put an s on the (laughs) Becca Symes class better faster yes right better (laughs) faster yeah and so she had some insights about that and yeah yeah, it was really good I really enjoyed talking to her too because it's not the you know this is a lot of what she learned was how you don't have to follow the rules of writing, right. you know, like right. write every day and do all this yeah. stuff. She kind of has a different approach. Yeah. And it Question was very, the premise. Yeah. Yep. Very yeah. refreshing. So it was, it was good. Yeah. It was good. And I don't have any news because we're recording this about 10 minutes after five minutes after <laughs> uh, we recorded the last intro, because I'm in Italy as we speak. That's uh, right. Or I will She's- be in Italy as we speak. So Hopefully she is uh, seeing great art and eating yes, wonderful food. <laughs> yes, yes. Can't yeah. wait. You so, are going to come back with so many story ideas. I, I bet. Know. Well, story ideas and probably stories of yes. how this hick went to Italy. <laughs> I don't know. Bella. There is something about Italy. That's kind of what kicked off my indie writing career. Was I, oh, wow. I went there and I just had so many ideas because I was able to live there because yeah. my husband got transferred there for yeah. a little while. And so we went and visited for an extended trip and just so many ideas. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's, I'm, I'm so thrilled. I'm so excited. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I don't have any news. Well, my cozy course is still on sale yeah. when this comes out. So it'll be at sarahrosette.com backslash cozy. Yeah. And yeah. it's a $100 discount right now up until March 11th. And yeah. um kind of just everything that I wish I had known about writing cozies yep. uh, before I actually, it would have helped me write a cozy much easier. Right, so, right, right. so that's and going on. I'm still given the discount, the hundred dollar discount on my consulting services. So if you mm-hmm. listen to the podcast, so if you contact me, just tell me you heard about it on the podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we should get on with writing into the dark. Okay. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Well, today we're really excited to have Crystal Shannon with us. Hi, Crystal. How are you? Good. I'm great. How are you guys? We're great. We're so happy you're here. So yeah. I'm excited. I think it's going to be really good. So we're going to um, read your bio and then we'll get right into the questions. Awesome. USA Today bestselling author Crystal Shannon lives in a sprawling ranch style home with her husband, teenage son, and two almost teenage daughters. Her home is full of love and laughter and lots of animals. In fact, the welcome mat warns visitors that it's a zoo inside. Chickens, (laughs) rabbits, rats, guinea pigs, dogs, and fish. (laughs) And hermit crabs now. Oh, Oh, hermit crabs. Wow. (laughs) Crystal homeschools her three children, runs her indie author business, and teaches and coaches author marketing for Becca Simes Better Faster Academy. That's great. Well, tell us how you got into writing, Crystal. Uh, so I got into writing, uh, thanks to, um, a friend a really long time ago and she, uh, she writes and went indie, um, and is very successful. And she told me, um, I told her I'd always been interested in it and I've been writing since I was a kid. I wrote a couple of books in college and I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And she's like, well, you should just self-publish, you know, like I did. And I was like, oh, that's a thing. Okay. 
<laughs> and so um, I uh, entered a contest for or a small press mm-hmm. and um, I won mm-hmm. or placed or however that worked. And then they ended up publishing the short story that I gave them. And then they wanted me to write a couple more. And so mm-hmm. I wrote a couple more uh, kind of a novella length uh, stories for them. And um, cause I just, I didn't feel confident to just go ahead and do my thing. Yeah. Um, and needed a little bit of validation mm-hmm. <laughs> that what I was writing was good enough. Uh, so mm-hmm. I ended up selling them a couple of books. And then after that, I just jumped in with both feet and uh, self-published. Um, I got those books back. I mean, I never really did anything with them, but um so yeah, I'm completely indie published. I never went after a traditional contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved having the control and I have, I have friends who have traditional contracts and are very happy with them. Um, but I don't think that I would be, I mm-hmm. thrive um, being my own boss mm-hmm. and I wasn't willing to give that up. So right. that's, that's how I got started. Yeah. <laughs> That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, so did you start out in the, are you still writing in the same genre you started out in? Pretty much. So I started, I started with a contemporary, a couple of contemporaries uh, and a supernaturally, mm-hmm. not, not really a genre, like they're not really in a genre. Um, <laughs> as one does. <laughs> yes, yes. This was going to say in there. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, I very quickly found my foot in uh, paranormal shifters, which is what I absolutely love. Um, I did end up writing some contemporary, uh, romances that I adore. I love marriage of convenience. And mm-hmm. so I'd always had kind of had this in my mind. And so I wrote these you know, billionaire brothers that all had to get married and have a baby to get their inheritance. (laughs) And it was, they were just super fun romps. They're actually in the same world with my werewolves Mm -hmm. in the same town. So, but they don't know that werewolves exist. Um, But the readers, if the readers have read the other series, they will see cameos of Mm -hmm. people they know are Mm -hmm. wolves Mm -hmm. um, in those books. So that was kind of fun. But I, yeah. So, but I probably won't, I don't, I don't, I never say never, mm-hmm. but it's unlikely that I will write more contemporary romance. Magic seems to find its way into everything <laughs> um, that I do. So I'm just, I'm, I've, I've embraced that. That is my, that is my jam. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. your lane. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like me and murder. I just can't write. dying. I kill people too, but, but I don't, but I tell you, <laughs> but it's not a mystery of what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Not a mystery. They yeah. just get, you know, killed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> funny. Well, what is your definition of success? Oh, my definition of success. Um, being able to pay bills with yeah. my money, yes. um, being able to pay for um, vacations for my family, um, and the ability to start kind of having a little bit more extra money to invest for retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's just taking care of my family and having a little bit extra, uh, feeling like I don't have to worry so much. Yeah. Um, I would love to have more and I'm working <laughs> towards more. Um, but I'm really, but I'm really happy where I am. That's great. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all of mine has to do with money. It has nothing to do with, with recognition. I guess. <laughs> like I didn't hear anything about the books. I was like, yeah, the books sell. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. I mean, I kind of feel like that's mine too, you know, because I mean, I want my books to do well and I yeah. want people to love them, but it's yeah, you know, my family is my priority. That's yeah. just how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I do. I do this for my family. Yeah. I love, I love the reviews. I love hitting lists. Like that's all great, but those mm-hmm. aren't ever really the goal at the front mm-hmm. of the line for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, me either. No. Uh, what do you wish you'd known about writing and craft when you started? Oh, 
<laughs> so many things. Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't we all? Don't we all? So I wish that I had known about Margie Lawson when I first started. Oh, she's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have learned so much from that woman. And mm-hmm. I will continue to learn so much from that woman <laughs> mm-hmm. as the years uh, pass, I'm sure. Um, I love taking her classes. I've been to her immersions multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I will continue, you know, throughout the years to go. And there's always something new that I take in from mm-hmm. her. And I feel like my writing ha- just gets better every time. Mm-hmm. Every time I take a refresher course, every time... I do an immersion. There's something else that like settles into place Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. becomes more natural for the storytelling. Um, It, it also, I think, and I'm not sure you could have it as a, a newbie author, right? but like, I feel so confident now in my voice Mm -hmm. of how I tell a story versus when I first started I remember not, I was telling the story, but it wasn't like a, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had a specific voice yet. And now mm. I feel like I sit down and everything that I write is going to sound like me. Yes. Right? And I don't mm-hmm. think I had that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I, and I don't know that you do. I mean, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe some people just bam, they have a voice, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think I did. Mm. Yeah. So what do you, uh, for those people who don't know what who Margie Lawson is and what she does, oh, yes, tell us, and then also just kind of tell us besides voice, what else do you get from her classes and her immersions? Yeah, yeah. So Mar- it's the Margie Lawson Academy, and I think that's the website. Is yes, Margie Lawson yeah, I think Academy. it is too. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has some other teachers that teach some classes too. I have not taken them personally, so I can't speak to that. Um, I really only take classes from Margie. Um, and she teaches psychology of writing, mm-hmm. um, how to show, you know, you always hear the show versus tell, mm-hmm. like, she is the only teacher I've ever found that really actually teaches how to do that. Mm-hmm. It teaches you how to show. Yes. You know, like people tell you how to not <laughs> tell, but Margie shows you how to show. And mm-hmm. that is like the best. I've never found a teacher that could show me mm-hmm. how to do it. And she makes you practice and then mm-hmm. show her like, like a teacher, like, and she's, <laughs> she's just, she's, uh, um, just amazing the way mm-hmm. she understands mm-hmm. language. It's, it's how she understands language, the ability, her ability to explain language. And she tries and tries and tries until you get it. Like she, <laughs> it's like, she's watching you and she can see the light bulb go off. Mm. So she'll just keep saying it and then she'll <laughs> say it a different way. And then she'll say, and then she'll be up. Oh, yep. You got it that time. Okay. Yeah. Good. And then yeah. she'll move on to the next yes. thing. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a special magical teaching quality right. that I've, I honestly have never seen in another professor. Right. And she, and I call her a professor because I feel like, she, like she is. Right. <laughs> she, is a professor. Uh, she does. So she does like, she'll do like workshops. Like when I was in RWA, she came, I was, uh, she came to one of our. Yeah. She'll travel and do workshops and do that. But she also used to do, and I don't know if she still is, but uh, the immersion experience where you go and stay with her or she will go like to a hotel and you all stay together and you work together for several yes. days. I I have gotten to go to the mountain mm-hmm. uh, three times. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and do an immersion. And I've done a couple of online immersions uh-huh. since we had the COVID, COVID, the mm-hmm. COVID happen. And she's actually adapted really well. And I've done two online immersions with her and they were both fantastic. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, that's so yeah, good she's, she's adapted really well to that. And um, she keeps them really small. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's still only like four or five of you there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it works, it works really well. That's it, great. It was, it was super helpful. So I That's highly great. recommend that you do have to take her three prerequisites before mm-hmm. you get to go to immersion. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Very good. Well, that's yeah. great. I just wanted people to know because it is yeah. a resource that we haven't talked about before, but it's yeah. a great resource. Yeah. 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 I I adore her. She's yeah. fantastic. That's awesome. Well, we will have that link in the show notes for sure yeah. to her courses. And then um, what do you wish you knew about marketing? Oh, <laughs> what do I wish I knew about marketing? I mean, I always I always kind of was interested in it uh, just from a personal standpoint. I wish that I had developed a brand faster. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if I could have, I don't know that I could have though, because I feel like even my books have, I didn't know what the brand was mm-hmm. yeah. for a long time. Um, and I don't know if that's just was me learning about marketing um, on my own because I'm mm-hmm. self-taught. Right. Um and I just, you know, if I had talked to a marketer, maybe they would have been able to just tell me, hey, this is it. I look at your stuff because right. I mean, that's what I do for people now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I had known to seek out somebody um, earlier, maybe they could have. But right. I, I'm not sure that book marketing was really a thing <laughs> yeah. yet. And so I'm, you know, like with all of my years of experience, because I write, mm-hmm. I'm in the field. Right. And so if you're not in the book field, if you're not in the genres and in all of that, I'm not sure that you would market correctly if you just mm-hmm. went to a marketer and said, hey, I need right. a brand. Right. right. I don't I don't know that they would. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, I yeah. wish I had kind of settled. Like I know now that I I write sexy fantasy faded mates mm-hmm. like that, that if it. I had to, yeah. if I had to shorten it down into that, like I can shorten it down into four words now, mm-hmm. you know, four yeah. or five words, very, all very, you know, reader cues. Yeah. Um, I wish I had known that sooner, pro- just so I could have that stronger road sign, flashing road signs for the readers to know, hey, this is what mm-hmm. you're going to get from me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's probably mm-hmm. what I wish I had known earlier that's great yeah sometimes like like you said you did like when you first started you wrote something that wasn't quite in the you know in the lane and so I think sometimes we kind of have to try a bunch of different things and then we figure out okay this is where I fit the best sometimes Mm -hmm. it just takes time well Mm -hmm. and sometimes I think some people don't don't have one lane either Mm -mm. Like I do actually ha- kind of have a lane, but I definitely think there's writers out there that don't have just one lane. And I think that that makes it so much harder for them mm-hmm. to find their brand because mm-hmm. there probably is a through line. Like there probably is a through line. I always tell a certain kind of story with mm-hmm. certain kinds of people. And there's always kind of that faded mate goal somewhere somehow built into it and even with my contemporary books you can you will see similarities between the heroes and heroines like I write a certain type of story mm-hmm. even though those people have no magic it's still the same kind of meant to be romance even though I can't magically say that they were supposed to be together yeah. it's still written like that yeah, yeah. It is a lot easier with the four words <laughs> to convey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. I've got my elevator pitch now. Man. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Me too. Sexy, swoony, hilarious. That's it. Oh, I love That's, that. Yeah. That's so cute. Um, so what do you wish you, I mean, sorry. That's okay. What assumptions did you make at the beginning of your writing career? And looking back, did they turn out to be right or wrong? Oh, Well, I had the uh, pleasure of writing during the unicorn years. And I probably made the assumption that I could do whatever I wanted to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) for as long as I wanted to do it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and still sell and make money. Yeah. That was a wrong assumption. (laughs) Um, and And it kind of made me a little bit lazy in the building of the business part of being an indie And I wish that I had gotten on some things faster on the business side of 
being way more organized with my newsletter, being way more organized with whatever social media I was going to do, being way more organized with networking with people and working with other off. Like I just having that experience, it let me just be lazy. It let me mm-hmm. not have a business. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, being an indie author is of course, being an author, but you're an entrepreneur, you're running a business, like it's a business. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that helps a business run with longevity. Mm-hmm. That had I started all of that background stuff sooner, my newsletter list would be massive, my funnel would, you know, work, like everything would just if I could have taken advantage <laughs> of those years <laughs> when people just swallowed your work mm-hmm. and there, and it was just like discoverability was so organic. Um, like my business would just look completely different. And I wish that I had seen that in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's easy yeah, to look of, back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of the, one of the things that I console myself with, with the fact that I didn't publish until 2017, well past mm-hmm. the u- unicorn years, yeah. is that I had I had to start, yeah, with with all of those things either yes. in mind or in place because you had to do certain things to be able to be seen, and then yep. and it's just gotten more. Um, oh yeah more and more that way. Uh, so that is the only, that's the one consolation I can say, well, at least I can do this. And, <laughs> and it's how perfectly, to do this. and it's perfectly doable. I mean, yes. I yes. pretty much took a sabbatical a couple of years ago when my family adopted um, our two oldest. And so I'm kind of just, I'm starting from scratch again, mm-hmm. as far as where my platform, the momentum, the yeah. everything, there were no releases, there was mm-hmm. no newsletters, like nothing. Like mm-hmm. I didn't do any, I barely did anything. So I'm, I'm going through that again mm-hmm. and being like, oh man, I wish I had done this, you know, way back when right. this would have mm-hmm. made, like everything would have just kind of churned mm-hmm. along, even mm-hmm. with me not there. And I didn't have those things in place. And I can see now the pieces that I need to have in place to keep things going. If I ever have to take another break, if I have to, you know, now I have to ask what, what are like the essential pieces that you see that you need in place? Cause people are going to want to know. (laughs) Yeah. So I definitely did not have a good newsletter funnel in place um, for, or uh, it just was scattered. Like, a few books would have it going to this landing page and a few books. Mm, I'm not a very organized person. And I accept that about myself. (laughs) I have a wonderful PA (laughs) who organizes my life now. um, And I am blessed to be able to afford to have a PA to help me organize my life. That is why my business was messy. Um, I would do a few things here and have some links here and I would store links in this notebook and store links in this file and, and information would be in multiple places. And I wouldn't remember which one was the most updated place. So then I just redo it all again. (laughs) And then I'd have another copy of it. (laughs) People, you do not understand the ocean of mess that is in my brain. Um, So (laughs) it why my business didn't run without me because I had to be constantly redoing things to keep things going. Um, And that was something I learned as I got older and got and had been doing this for more years that I needed to have a, a very, in my opinion, the more aggressive the newsletter funnel, the better, because I don't want to pay for people that don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. But I also want to tell the whole story mm-hmm. of, because I have such a big backlist, like I have a lot to show people and I have a lot to sell people. And I, right. and, you know, I love my readers and I would be nowhere without them, but as a business, they are my clients. They are Mm -hmm. my customers. Mm -hmm. And so customers don't buy anything if you don't offer it to them. (laughs) (laughs) And and we all know how many emails we get from stores like Kohl's and Target. And, you know, like they wouldn't send all those emails if they didn't work. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So non being a non-communicative business doesn't sell you anything. Yeah. Um, so I would want that in place. I would, I would work harder, even if I was taking a break from publishing, I would work harder to have more engagement on my backlist to be sure that I was continually touching all of those people, continually having the organic people coming in from your back matter to subscribe. And then they go into a very aggressive funnel that, you know, my people go through like 20 different emails before they dump out into my regular list. Wow. And they get tagged and that with this and tagged with that. And every time they do something in an email, they get tagged. And if they do nothing in my email, they also get tagged <laughs> as being as being a non-clicking weirdo. So no. <laughs> um, well, but you but need like, to know about that too, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's important. The thing is, is that just because they're a non-clicker which I'm going to raise my hand and say, I'm a non-clicker. I follow a bunch of author emails and never click. (laughs) I read the email, never click anything. I open my phone, I go to Apple and I'm like, yeah, (laughs) there it is. (laughs) I buy, I buy Mm -hmm. from, from newsletters constantly, never click. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I read most of my stuff on, on my computer. I'm not going to buy my, I'm not going to buy a book on the computer. Mm-hmm. I buy it on my phone because I read on my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my behavior as a reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I would be a very frustrated, non-clicking weirdo to everyone who has the <laughs> newsletter list. But yeah, I but that's important book, to remember. So, so please yeah. don't clean me off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why every once in a while I'll send an email and say, hey, it looks like you, you know, haven't interacted with my emails in a while. Do you still want to be here? And, you know, that's why to- regrets. So that's one of my biggest regrets, actually, is culling my list. Really? It was Tell us really, more about this. It was, <laughs> it was a really, really common, like normal, accepted, you know, hey, you should cull everybody who hasn't clicked or opened or anything. And it was kind of before I knew a lot more about email software and how emails work and, mm-hmm. you know, all of the things in place to keep emails from registering as open or registering as yeah. this. Um, and I had a massive list, even as little as I worked during the unicorn years, I had a massive list, like probably 10 times what I have right now. And I think that the unengaged I think the low engagement some of it was a lie uh, mm-hmm. from the software and I think it's gotten worse mm-hmm. um, and so I wish that I hadn't called all those people I yeah. wish that I had just worked toward getting them to engage or getting them to unsubscribe and that's mm-hmm. fine too yeah so um, do you not call anymore do you just handle no. it differently Okay. Never. I do not call anything anymore. And I get 15, 20 unsubscribes every time I send an email, which is perfectly but fine. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I'd much yeah. rather them unsubscribe. That means they were seeing it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of changed like the thoughts on calling your list because I, it used to be like you did it. Yeah. And I was doing it for a while, you know, like once a year. And yeah. lately I haven't done it last couple of years because I thought, you know, I'm kind of like so, you. I'm like, I'm not sure that these people are. So I took, because I took a break and I call mm-hmm. it my sabbatical mm-hmm. and I didn't do anything. And I barely emailed my people when I emailed them the first time after I kind of started getting going again, I had an open rate of like barely 20%. Mm-hmm. And so I would send, you know, a little bit and then I'd send another one and it was, it was still low. The click rate was terrible. The engagement was terrible, but I took that list from that. And now I have open rates closer to 50% Mm -hmm, and click rates in the teens and twenties sometimes, Mm -hmm. depending on what, what's going on. So I took a list that by all, it looked dead. Mm -hmm. It looked like, ugh, you know, we should just, we should just start over. I took that list. And now even with all the privacy stuff in place, hiding so much data, mm-hmm. hiding yeah. so much data from us. I still took it from that to that in oh. about nine months. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. 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 So shows it can be done, which is yes. great. Yeah. Yes. Even yeah. with all the data being hidden from us now, mm-hmm. it yeah. can, you can still like 
Cause I look at that and go, well, the numbers are probably better than that. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah. 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 So the numbers yeah. are probably better than that. Yeah. So my, my biggest goal, my biggest goal of newsletters always is to get people to click. Mm-hmm. If, if there is some way I can lure them into clicking in that email, mm-hmm. man, that is, that is my number one goal because yeah, that raises that. my overall de- deliverability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Job is done then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. this kind of fits in what you've been talking about kind of fits into this, but um, mm-hmm. is there maybe something else that um, you made a, made a mistake that it turned out to be a good thing? Um, we're all about like mm-hmm. lessons learned. And, yeah. you know. <laughs> I, um, I, in, in my, in my writing, I, I made a huge mistake in one of my series and I killed a main character. Ooh. Oh my. And I will never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> so you learned. learned. <laughs> All of my readers just went, oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, so, I will never, I will never do that again. Um, yeah. It was definitely a mistake. Yeah. It was yeah. the right. Here's where I struggle though. It was the right move for the story I was telling. Right. But. As a provider of romance literature, <laughs> it was a mistake. <laughs> yes. yes. If I if I was a provider of urban fantasy literature, be perhaps <laughs> it would be okay. But I am a provider of happily ever after. Now, granted, I did not kill him in his own book. I killed him later uh-huh. in a different book. But... It was a mistake as a provider of romantic literature. Yeah. And I yeah, won't that, do that again. It yeah, was, that's, it, yeah. That's funny because I was, I'm not on Facebook that often, but I was on there the other day and someone had joined a group, a cozy group specifically to complain that a beloved character had been killed off at the end of a series. And I mean, you know, and I thought I can understand, you know, like it was the, apparently the author says uh-huh. it was like what she wanted to do is the right thing for the story. But, uh-huh. you know, for a cozy reader, that is definitely not what you're signing up for. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not in romances either. Yeah. You yeah. really want your people to die. You know, like, <laughs> uh, side characters, maybe I can let go of. But you killed off. A, I killed off a hero. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> uh. Well, what about the opposite? Have you ever had an idea you thought this is a home run and then it turned out not to be so great? Yes. When I very first started, I thought uh, I love mythology and mm-hmm. Greek gods. And so that's what I wrote first. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody liked it. No. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay. So, so what's fine? I'm is alone. The books, the, books, the books get fantastic reviews, like uh-huh. super high ratings. But like you know, five people have yeah, read. It's them. a smaller pool of people, right? Yeah. Yes. Small, yes. So the people that do find them and do like they they like them, mm-hmm. but it's not a majority. It's kind of like one of those things that. Well, when I wrote them, that wasn't a thing. Now there's a lot more. Of yeah. Like, the mythology and stuff is really popular now. And I'm like, no, I'm not going back to write those books. I'm done. done. (laughs) I finished. I write something else and I'm incorporating it into the new series that I'm launching this year. Anyway, a different like spin on it. So I'll get to write my mythology stuff anyway. It's just going to be like in an updated new. (laughs) I will never go back to those other ones because it was, it was a letdown. It was like, you know, I had this really cool story. Mm-hmm. incorporated you know greek and what and nobody yeah, was like yeah. oh that's yeah. so frustrating yeah <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah i mean it happens oh no it, it does you keep going so well what's mm-hmm. the biggest mindset change you've had to make during your career Ooh, that feels very i don't know vague <laughs> <laughs> so uh mindset well, tell us about writing intuitively. Maybe that's oh, yeah. a big mindset shift for you. Cause I think we had talked about that earlier. Well, yeah. So I started off writing by myself. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then about four years in, I started writing with a co-author um, and we had completely different writing styles. It worked really well for us. We meshed 
fabulously. Um, she plotted everything mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was fantastic. And we talked about it and we, you know, we would talk about where the story would go and then she would plot and have all the things and she uh, knows how to connect like all the dots and it was fantastic. And I loved getting my, cause uh, we would write so that I wrote the girls usually and she would write the guys. So we would mm-hmm. just flip back and forth on the POV. So I would get my, get my notes from her on and read the chapter that she read. And then I would write the next chapter from the girl's perspective. And it was so much fun and we gelled and it just like, it made us write so fast because we wanted to read what the other one was writing and we wanted, you know, we wanted to get that almost instant feedback. So we wrote super fast. We wrote a bunch of books in a really short amount of time. Um, and it was, it was a blast. Um, and then we kind of changed what we wanted to do. Uh, we both were kind of growing as authors and, and we weren't sure what we, where we wanted to go. Um, and so we eventually stopped writing together, but after some, after those years of plotting and, um, you know, having notes and having that feedback, it was really kind of a weird restart for mm-hmm. me and so I tried to plot and I worked with a couple of people to try to help me plot because that was how I had been writing books and she and she did some stuff with me too just in between um, what she was working on and it just didn't ever feel the same which was weird mm-hmm. my context is like this isn't what we have been doing I don't mm-hmm. I don't get this and um and it didn't quite feel right. And I would get to the point where I would have things planned and then the characters would be like, ha ha, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. And then the story would change and I'd be like, well, I like the way the story went, but now my plot that I have over here is completely trash. Right. <laughs> Cause I can't right. use this anymore. So why did I do this? I don't yeah. know. And so I kind of kept finding myself in that position and, and I did um, more talking with people and more talking with um And just, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna write something and just not like, just not know anything. I'm going to talk about it. So like Mm -hmm. I'll meet with a coach um, and I'll brainstorm or I'll meet with a friend and I'll brainstorm. And I'm like, okay, I just need you to talk at me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to say much. I'm going to be like, eh, can we go a different way? Mm -hmm. And so I just need people to like talk at me and throw ideas at me so that I can think about them. And then um, after an hour of that, I was like, okay, good. I'm good. And so I sit down and I start writing the story that I have no idea where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it totally goes a different place than anything that he said on the call with me right. while we were brainstorming. And right. I was like, oh, well, that's strange, but okay. It worked, you know, it got me writing. And so um, the more I talked about it and, and uh, Becca calls it writing into the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I definitely am a pantser, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to call it, use that term. Um, I write, I write super linearly. I cannot move forward except mm-hmm. to the next step, which is probably also my deliberative is like, but, um, but, um, mm-hmm. and I know I'm talking in strengths now, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm high, I'm number one context and number three deliberative. So I have to know, I have to know everything that's happened from way back so that I know what's going to happen next. Mm. Um, so when I sit down to write, I'll usually think about um, where I need to land. And that's usually what I think in my head is, okay, where do I need to land? Where, where do I need to get to? And then I always ask, how can I make this worse? <laughs> and, and so, um, because short I don't of killing the hero, what short, can I short of worse? murdering people, um, <laughs> how can I make this worse is the question I always ask myself before I start a chapter. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, here's what I need to do, but how can I make it worse? How can I make it more? How can I make it more? Because I don't want to be bored either. And I want it to be exciting and have that adrenaline. If I can get it in there, I want to have it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's the question that I usually ask myself now as I'm writing, can I make this worse? Can I make, who can I hurt? 
<laughs> can I make this worse? Um, but yeah, I write until I can't see it. Um, and then I usually have to take a day and think about it or mm-hmm. I sit and daydream about it. Um, or I sit and talk to the characters about it. I'm a little mm-hmm. bit odd sometimes. And I, I probably look like a crazy person driving down yep. the road talking, um, because I'll have conversations with the characters and ask them things and be like, Hey, what if we did this? Yeah. Or what would you do if we go here? Or, wow. hey, could you be related to this person and we just don't know it yet? And like, I literally will just sit there and talk about things. Um, if I come up with questions, I put them on my uh, board on the wall. So I look like I, I look like I plot. If you came uh-huh. into my office, you would think that I plotted because uh-huh. I have this giant whiteboard. And it has all these sticky notes and like turning points marked and things marked and it's color coded <laughs> and who's in what scene and every. So I only add sticky notes to that board after I write the chapter. Oh, so, so the sticky it's... notes grow as I write the book oh, okay. because I like, I like to be able to sit and I'll sit and stare at the board mm-hmm. because to me, I can see the shape of the mm-hmm. book. Yeah. And so I can see, oh, we're going to go down here. Mm-hmm. Oh, we need to go up, you know, and, and I think about it like ups and downs and mm-hmm. black moments and high moments like, oh, I haven't had a high moment. So I can mm-hmm. see the shape of my story on the board as I go. Um, wow. And that really helps my context see the next piece. Mm-hmm. Well, where are we going next? Where do they have to go? Wow. I know I'm really strange. No, no I think it's awesome. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I mean, I kind of have a loose outline when I start, but I do know that feeling of like, I'm riding along and I'm like, okay, it's about time for such and such to happen or, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know if that comes with just like reading in your genre a lot and you kind of know the, the pattern. So of I don't, book. I rarely read in my genre. Oh, really? Weird. Yeah, I rarely (laughs) read in my genre. I read mostly dark contemporary romance. Mm. Um, Or like every once in a while, I'll read something that is paranormal. um, But most of the time, I don't. And Hmm. uh, most of the time, I read like marriage of convenience, billionaire romance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love a good uh, billionaire secretary, you know, hookup. Um, That's my crack. Um, But I'm always looking for that payoff. It's a certain emotional payoff in the, in like each genre has a different emotional payoff. Mm -hmm. I satisfy my faded mate pay emotional payoff in my own books. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I don't go looking. I, and I feel like that's why I don't read it is because I, I don't, I get that emotional payoff in my own stories. So I want a different, a different emotional payoff. When I read for pleasure, I go look for something else. Right. And that's what I, I call them. The each, each type, each genre has a different emotional payoff right. for the reader. Yeah. And if you mm-hmm. don't give them that emotional payoff, then the readers don't come back. That's exactly correct. Yes. So I was going to ask real quickly about your writing intuitively. Do you write, you write in series, right? Yes. Very much so. So do you just do that with this? Yeah. Do you do that with a series as well? You don't. (laughs) I mean, mean, do you not like think far ahead? Do you just kind of go with the flow for that as well? So I do have a very 50,000 foot like airplane aerial. Mm -hmm thought mm-hmm. of where this is probably gonna go when I start a series because like I'm I'm working on a new series I'm gonna launch it this fall and I'm pretty sure there's gonna be like 12 books mm-hmm. um and some side stuff and bonus stories and things here and there but I'm pretty sure there's gonna be at least 12 books and I'm pretty sure that I know this the evil queen lady like I'm pretty sure I kind of know how it's going to turn out but lately as I've been getting closer to the end of book one I'm wondering if something's going to flip on that so no so yes and no (laughs) I kind of do have like oh we could end here (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's probably something that also is kind of an into the dark yes 
process as well of like, oh, well, this changed. And I think, and I do think through those, those lines Mm -hmm. as each book moves forward. Right, right. And if I need to brainstorm about stuff, like I probably will just go talk to a coach and brainstorm and be like, okay, I have this and here's (laughs) what's happened. And and now what? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, I mean, I'm very much the same. I, Mm -hmm. I really love writing into the dark for about the first 20, 25,000 words. Mm. And then I get there and go, Oh crap. I don't really (laughs) know if I have a story. I've got a great idea, but not. And then I have to sit down and kind of brainstorm and go, Oh, okay. Okay. Uh This is the direct, you know, and and I, yeah, yeah. And I'm perfectly like, I, I think once I accepted the fact that I, I had to take breaks and think mm-hmm. about it. Like I had to take breaks and reimagine mm-hmm. almost after every chapter. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I can get through a couple of chapters without really taking a break. Mm-hmm. Cause I've been known to sit down and write, you know, 10,000 words in a weekend, mm. but, but it's, Typically that doesn't happen till I'm closer to the end of the book. Yeah. And then it's so like the know. end of the book yeah. just pours out. You're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, we're rolling down <laughs> the mountain now. We can't mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah. Good feeling, yeah. At the beginning, although I and I do have to say, like looking at when I plotted, I always felt like we had to struggle with the middle of the book. Yeah. Like to find where that middle really was and to not be bored and with the way that I've settled back into writing now, I don't feel that anymore. I don't feel like the middle sags uh, um, for me because I feel like I write in, in um, what would, what would I call episodes, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. And so it's just another episode and each episode gets worse. <laughs> and then I let them have I let them you know be together and think that everything's okay and then it gets worse again yeah all right and so I yeah I just um I ran I ran my last book through this program uh something AI I can't oh, remember the author's, AI author's, AI. Yeah. author's AI yeah because yeah. they were like oh it'll show you the shape and whether or not you know your book has the right rise and fall and whatever and I'm like okay and this was a book that I did not, I like, I had, didn't plot. Mm-hmm. I kind of brainstormed a little bit. I got mm-hmm. some ideas from some people and then I just wrote it. Mm-hmm. And so I stuck it in there and the darn thing just goes like this at just a pretty like even, at a pretty even pace. Like yeah. the hills were just like, yeah, I'm like, okay, good. I feel good about that. <laughs> I, I apparently know what an episode should feel like. Yep. So I feel pretty confident that I don't have to put my book through this thing anymore. I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, uh, I asked my brainstorming partner, I was like, because this book that I'm writing, I was blocked for about six months, couldn't write anything. Oh. And so I went to 20 books in Vegas uh-huh. and was around people, you know, which, helped me get ideas, you know, I mean, just yeah, to yeah. something because I'm very extroverted, but I'm also, you know, I just need people. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of my strengths are, you know, relational kind of things. But anyway, I, um, but I told my brainstorming group, I don't, I don't want to tell you about it. Like, I, oh. I don't want to talk about it because it's so precious that like, it's just mm-hmm. this little ember of an idea. And so I didn't tell anybody for a couple of months. And then when I started writing, I did tell them and they, they gave me a couple of ideas and stuff. But anyway, long story short, I called her, I messaged her on Saturday morning and said, can you meet with me? Like I'm, I'm stuck. Yeah. I'm stuck again. And so we met and we talked for a couple of hours and she really helped me. I mean, she gave me some great ideas and stuff. And then Sunday, we, our group met on zoom. And she said, before we got on, she's like, have you like, have you jumped into the story? And I'm like, no. Yeah. She, oh. she looked, I could tell she was super disappointed. I was like, Aww. I have to think about it. Like I have to think about how yeah. I'm going to take that and make my, you know, take what I've written and make it fit that and where I'm going to have to go back and change and move forward. I have to think about that before I can just jump in. And I didn't write anything until Monday because I had to kind of get a plan in my head. Percolate. 
Yeah, I do yeah. have to let percolate. Yeah. Well, uh, so we've talked about write better faster on here. We've had back on several times. And um, so our listeners are pretty familiar with that, but oh, nice. you are involved with her in the market better faster. Uh, yes. Plus, yeah. The Yeah. Can you tell us about that? I haven't sure. taken it yet. I think Sarah has. Mm-hmm. But I, I just did. Um, yeah. Yeah. So market better faster is um, if you've taken write better faster, how the way write better faster is all about finding the process that works for you with you, mm-hmm. then market better faster is a very similar in its goal of it wants it, our goal is to help you find your marketing process. Mm-hmm. What, what parts of marketing, because we talk about all the parts of marketing. Mm-hmm. It's not like you should do this and this and this and this and right. this. Right. It's here's a, this plethora buffet of marketing <laughs> options. Mm-hmm. What is going to be your better, faster process when it comes to marketing? Because, you know, for, for me and, and I do, um, I do most of the teaching um, like the commenting and stuff back and forth. Like for me, it's about helping people find their, um, potential, like where can you succeed the best? Mm -hmm. What, what is, what, what, what small, if you don't really like marketing, which is a problem (laughs) for a lot of people that don't like marketing, which is fair. Like not everybody does, but like, if you can latch on to a small something, anything Mm -hmm. that you're like, Oh, well, I really do enjoy this then that's what at, for me as the, as the marketing coach for the BFA, cause I, I don't strengths coach, but I just market, mm-hmm. do marketing and branding and all the things that have to do with selling books. Cause that's how mm-hmm. I measure success. Remember? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, and um, I, I think that for, to, to figure out a process, what, what, how should I approach marketing? Should I do all the things? How do I pick from mm-hmm. all the things? Um, where, where? So you remember Becca's story about the readers, like the speed readers? Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if y'all have heard that before, mm-hmm. where they, they took the group of readers that were average readers and a group of readers that were really already really good readers. And they put them through the speed reading class. And the average ones increased by like, you know, from 100 words a minute to like 300 words a minute. And then the people who are already kind of better, they increased from their 300 words a minute to like 3000 words a minute. Mm-hmm. And so it's that potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's what WBF, the Write Better Faster does for your writing process. It, it helps you find your your potential. Where are you the speed reader? Like where where is your potential to go from 300 to 3000? Right. And so for market better faster, it's the same thing. You're not going to go from 300 to 3000 on the whole buffet. Like you can't, it's mm-hmm. physically impossible. And if there is a person out there who can do it, they're doing it with a, a staff behind them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just them. Um, and even then they must have people that are the three thousands on their staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's what market better faster. It's really not about teaching you how to market. Mm-hmm. It it really is about trying to help you form your process and where where should you focus mm-hmm. on building. Mm-hmm. This is how I'm going to market. Mm-hmm. This is how I have the most potential to succeed within this form of marketing Mm -hmm. and giving people the permission to just be like, I don't have to do it all. You don't have to. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Um, So that would be the sum of that. That's great. Yeah. 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 And I'm just finishing it up and I think it's been really good because it does, it just takes everything that you could possibly do. And it Mm -hmm. just helps you kind of look like that big high level view of like, well, this is beneficial. I could do this, but do I enjoy it? You know, it's like, right. you, know, right. you kind of have to figure out. So I think it's been really good. So we'll have a link to that. And yeah. then we always like to ask people, um, what do you think the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success has been? 
but it's the amalgamation of all the things. (laughs) (laughs) The best thing, the best thing that I have done recently has been to let myself go back to being an intuitive writer Mm. and not trying to force myself into plotting. Um, And I struggled with that. I struggled with how, with getting to back to my process for at least a year. Mm. Um, And I wrote some books that I was okay with, but I wasn't really super happy with. And once I finally gave myself the permission to just go back to being a panther, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that that was, that really was my personal process. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to write faster using Mm -hmm. a a plot. I wasn't going to write faster even paying someone to help me write a plot you know like I tried the whole gamut of thinking Mm -hmm. this is what's going to make me more productive I have Mm -hmm. to fit myself into this box because this is how I was the most productive six years ago right but but my process and my fastest process is to just let myself be me Mm -hmm. and I write Mm -hmm into the dark. And Mm -hmm. I, and when I get stuck, I go brainstorm. If somebody Mm -hmm. will let me talk to them for, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 or 15 minutes. And then if they'll talk back at me, just about my story for 15 or 20 or 30 minutes, that's usually enough Mm -hmm. to jog whatever it is loose. That was the problem. And then I can, and then I can see more. Yes. And, and I loved Becca's analogy when she, when we were talking about how I write and she was like, well, it's your context with a flashlight mm. in the dark in a cave. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you have to shine the flashlight, you know, to see the picture. So you're slowly like uncovering it and lighting up the, the cave mm. with your yeah. flashlight. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, once you can see the whole cave, like, cause I guess, you know, like it's like a highlighter. So once I've uncovered it, it stays <laughs> yeah. light. Um, but uh like then you can write and that and that I love that analogy and I always think about that I'm like oh there has to be this dark corner that I haven't uncovered yet yes so when I get Mm -hmm. stuck I'm always thinking okay well I've got to go poke it with a flashlight like this I got to go figure out what's in that corner that I don't know yet so that I can write more and then I can write is I can write fast I can write slow I mean, there's days I sit down and I struggle to write 500 words. And then there's days like yesterday that was fantastic where I just like 4,000 words fell out Mm. of me one morning. And (laughs) I was just like, yay, that was great. Um, But I had spent the last couple of days really thinking about a problem that Mm -hmm. that I didn't know how to solve. Yeah. Because the chapter before that, a unicorn had showed up. Mm. And I wasn't sure what to do with that. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say it was because you put them in the worst possible position, made everything horrible. You're kind of stuck. This this character came out of nowhere. And literally the unicorn was like, so what are we going to do? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I finally figured out what we're going to do. There you go. Yeah, well, it's been great having you. This has been so informative and I've just enjoyed it so much. Uh, Tell people where they can find out more about you and more about your books. Oh, yeah. Um, So crystalshannon.com is my website. Um, You can type it into Google and misspell it and it'll still pop up. Yeah, because it's crystal (laughs) Um, with a K It is Shannon with an A. Yes. All the way is. through. Yeah. All the way through two A's. Um, yeah. Cause I wanted to be first on the bookshelf. So I did there that on go. purpose. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, so I, I have a website that's got all my stuff. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram, uh, crystal rights 82. That is with a C. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, cause I started it before and it, it does have Crystal Shannon like on the profile part, mm-hmm. but like my actual at, my actual yeah. handle doesn't have the right crystal. <laughs> okay. So that's really confusing. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on, I'm mostly active on Instagram, like as a social media, though. I like Instagram. Um, okay. And okay. Uh, yeah, newsletter. Right. I have a newsletter. So you can okay. look at, find that on the website. 
That's All great. Right. Yeah. Thank we you guys have, so much. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming and talking to us. Mm-hmm. This and, fun. um, it's been great to talk to you. So we'll have all the links at um, the website. That's the wish I'd known them podcast.com. And thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast and to Adriel Wiggins for doing the admin. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the wish I'd known then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.